Hey folks, my name is Ike Morgan and we are down in Alabama. Now, we're literally down in Alabama covering as much news as we can from Lookout Mountain to Mobile Bay. And Down in Alabama is also the name of our show. We spend about three to five minutes daily going over a handful of news and culture stories that are a mix of the top stories and maybe the most overlooked stories and sometimes just the most Alabama stories of the day. Now, there's not a strict definition of what the most Alabama stories of the day are, but you know them when you see them. So y'all come on by and give us a listen and bring a sense of humor because we take the news seriously, but not ourselves. The show is called Down in Alabama, and we're available wherever you listen to your podcasts. For AL.com, I'm Ben Flanagan. This is Outbreak Alabama, stories from a pandemic. As the novel coronavirus wreaks havoc in Alabama and across the world, these are the stories of those seeking to survive the disease and its economic strain. When I was at a homicide on Messer Airport Highway, it was very noticeable that there were about 50 onlookers there shoulder to shoulder, and and the police noticed it too. And whereas they might not normally disperse a crowd at a homicide, they definitely dispersed this crowd because of the coronavirus. Today, we hear from AL.com reporter Carol Robinson. Carol is a public safety reporter who writes about crime in the Birmingham area tirelessly and around the clock. We talk about crime in the age of coronavirus, including the latest trends that she's noticed, the rise in domestic violence calls, how law enforcement has changed, and generally how crime continues even during a pandemic. Carol, shortly before this call, you tweeted, quote, just heard the first stimulus check theft on scanner could get busy around here. So is there such thing as what you might call coronavirus crime or crime that wouldn't have happened without this pandemic? You know, I think most crimes are kind of universal, but you do have an uptick in thefts say during the first of the month when some checks go out and I don't expect this stimulus check to be any different. Although most of them are being direct deposited, so I'm not sure how that works. It could be that somebody got a stimulus check quote, you know, in their bank account and someone else in the family took it. I'm not sure. We have not seen a lot of coronavirus crimes. I know that the federal government is certainly investigating fraud as it relates to coronavirus. But, you know, most of what you're going to see around here is going to be maybe a violation of the curfew or the stay-at-home order, which locally in Birmingham, I don't believe any citations have been issued. Okay, and so I'm curious, how, if at all, has your job changed since everything else changed last month? Just because most of us might stay in our homes, life goes on, and that means crime does too, right? Absolutely. So, Yeah, I'm working from home like everybody else, but I'm not really working from home because if there's a crime, I still go out to it. You know, I've been to three homicides in about the last 36 hours and covered two others remotely. So, you know, there's not much difference there. I don't, the crowds are still gathering at crime scenes. There's not a lot of social distancing or PPE going on out there. So in that regards, it's no different. I would say, from what I'm hearing anecdotally, property crimes are down a bit. Some crimes are down a bit, like maybe robbery or car thefts or car break-ins. But domestic violence in some areas is on the rise because people are holed up together. And 
abuse victims really can't, you know, have a harder time getting help. But but as far as shootings and homicides, I'm not seeing any difference. Well, you just mentioned domestic violence. You wrote about the rise of domestic violence calls during the pandemic, seeing a jump of about 27 percent over the last year. The Jefferson County Sheriff's Office said that they weren't sure if this was a result of the stay-at-home order, but the numbers might indicate a correlation or that correlation being true. This was a fear that many people had about the crisis, and it's happened nationwide. For many, there isn't really a way out, and they mentioned alternatives to engaging in activities that might prevent domestic altercations. Like, Can you sort of tell me about what they told you? Well, you know, it's actually common sense that domestic, you know, it's a sad, sad fact, but common sense that domestic violence and domestic disputes could rise during this time because people are stuck together at home with no way out. People who might typically call to get help or to try to leave their abuser can't get away even to use the phone to do so. And that's the big fear among domestic violence advocates is that people don't have a way to get help. The sheriff's office certainly offered some recommendations, which again are common sense, you know, but sometimes people just need to read them or hear them to remember. And some of those included just when tensions get high, take a walk. You can still get out of your house and you can take a walk. And and that's certainly something they can do just sort of allows for a cooling down period. They also suggested trying to talk things out rather than allowing a disagreement to become physical. You know, that would be avoiding raising your voice. And and if the other party's yelling, you don't respond. Likewise, you try to let cooler heads prevail. Settle arguments with words, not fists. Again, all of this should be happening anyway, but it's more important now because people don't really can't run and hide. With shelter-in-place orders announced for Alabama and even earlier in Birmingham, law enforcement are obviously tasked with making sure folks aren't gathering in groups and, and likely they're already stretched thin as it is. Is that something police can really enforce? And have you noticed in any ways that they have changed the way they do their jobs? In Birmingham, you know, in, in Birmingham proper, they are definitely dispersing Groups. I hear it on the scanner all the time. You know, they're being called to certain parks where large groups of people have gathered. You know, very interestingly, there's a, historically in, in the crime world, there's been a no snitch policy or snitches get stitches. But one interesting thing I have found is that a lot more people are actually calling 911 to report people gathering when they shouldn't be, when they might not call to report a crime they're witnessing. So, you know, I would love to have some psychologist analyze that, but I have noticed an uptick in people reporting large groups gathering. I do hear the police, you know, anytime there's a group gathered at a park, they're going to break it up. And on Tuesday, no, Monday, when I was at a homicide on Messer Airport Highway, it was very noticeable that there were about 50 onlookers there shoulder to shoulder. And and the police noticed it too. And Whereas they might not normally disperse a crowd at a homicide, they definitely dispersed this crowd because of the coronavirus and the, you know, the six foot rule. They have more to worry about. You know, they're not now they're not only trying to solve a crime, but they're having to try to keep people safe from illness, too, at the same time. And it's I think it's annoying for them. And you said that they hadn't written any citations, but. If they did, like if you were, say, caught in a gathering like that, what would the consequences be? 
it can go anywhere from like a, a non-traffic ticket citation to a misdemeanor arrest. Again, we haven't seen that here. We saw in Phoenix City, Alabama, some city workers started a pickup basketball game and they actually, you know, actually got charged by police with a misdemeanor crime. And I think it's like up to a $500 fine, but they also face internal ramifications up to firing for violating a city policy. So, you know, there's there's a whole gamut. But police have said from the very start they want to educate rather than enforce. And, you know, they take that seriously. They're not using this time to police with a heavy hand on that matter. They truly, I think, just want people to be safe and they want to keep themselves safe. And that, you know, that's another issue is when you've got 50 to 100 people gathered in a spot where police have to be, that's not necessarily safe for those gathered. And it's not safe for the people trying, the essential workers trying to do their job. Carol, what has surprised you about covering crime this last month? I mean, has anything or has it just been kind of business as usual? It's pretty much been business as usual. I guess, you know, and I've talked about it already multiple times in this conversation, but it's just the number of people that show up at the crimes, which is always the case. But it has not decreased with the stay at home order. You know, the whole neighborhood comes out to watch. That's what surprised me the most. My last thing for you, you have a really difficult job and you're really good at it. And Thank most, you. <laughs> m- most people would look at the subject matter of your stories and think, wow, what a drag that must be. And I know a lot of it probably is at times, but anyone who knows you and knows your personality and your work ethic, those things reflect the opposite. How do you manage to stay upbeat and motivated in what you do, especially during a crisis like this that seems to stress out the entire world? You know, I've been doing it, gosh, going on 34 years. It's it's my way of life, as crazy as that sounds. You know, a lot of people depend on us to get the news. And I'm privileged to be able to tell people stories. You know, when I am able to talk to victims, crime victims or the family members of crime victors, you know, I'm honored that that they share their stories with me. And, and people don't want their loved one to just be another crime statistic. Most of the time, they, they want to share what that person's life, you know, they want it to be more about their life than about their death. And, and I'm just the vehicle for that. Carol, thank you so much for the time. Mm, thank you. Anytime. If you or anyone you know is affected by the coronavirus and want to share your story, please email bflanagan at al.com. That's B-F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N at al.com. For all of our coverage on the outbreak and how it continues to impact Alabama, visit al.com slash coronavirus. If you like the show, please rate us and write a review. Thanks for listening.